What's up and welcome to another episode of the Grindline Podcast. You are listening to episode 75 and we have a very special guest tonight. Normally I start off the episode by asking how Tyler and Ryan are, but tonight I really don't care because we've got Darren McCarty tonight. Darren, how you doing? I'm doing great, guys. And I, Ryan, you guys, I care how you're doing. How was your day? You guys all right up there? <laughs> see, I mean, this is, see, this is, he's acting like Drake. All right. I just break it down. Now I know who the Draper is. Right. Ryan, you got picked on even before we got on this. So you're me, obviously. I'll I'll accept that. I don't know the toughest one in there or the scariest one or the one who's the best at gambling, which always wins. That'd be Joey. So So that'd be Tyler. That's that's, that's definitely Tyler, Mr. Boston over there. That's kosher. And And then who's the one that just likes to. Prank the shit out of everybody and uh, and drink beers and slur after two beers. That's false. Oh, that's correct. <laughs> oh, not two there though. Go, I've got a much higher limit than two. <laughs> you drink, you got the no, you got the slurs. Maltz has got the slurs at two. No, I get really. Hu- I I start to hug people after yeah. a few. You're a hug. You see the yard drapes. <laughs> you're fucking draper. You're draper. It's fucking only you know. And and on behalf of the grind line to have to have you guys be the grind line. Well, you know what? In the podcast the world too, you guys fit the bill. So you just pass the test, the DMAC test, if it means anything. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're not getting sued as as the threat came down at the draft party. So we'll take it. Yeah, we'll have to put that in our Twitter bio. <laughs> you go. You go tell DMAC approved, and if you like it. If they don't like it, fuck off. <laughs> so, so tonight we're going to start a little light. We've got quite a few questions. We've got a, some questions from people from the community. Um, but but first I wanted to get to something that's near and dear to my heart, even though it means probably nothing to Ryan Tyler. But I heard you are a huge Letter Kenny fan. Are you Are you kidding me? Give your nuts a tug a little bit, kid. Come on. So, <laughs> so I want to get I your love, thoughts on the latest season. Oh. Well, you know what? Actually, I uh, I only watched the first episode. Okay. Um, so, um, but but you know, I got so many guys around me that I turn it on to that I know what's going on and stuff. But the one thing that I want to say and 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 the caveat in there. So Riley, who's play is played by Dylan Playfair, who's the yep. son of Jim Playfair, the assistant coach, who is uh, assistant coach and head coach when I played in Calgary. Yeah. So. So I know him, and um, I, I just think that if, if, if you want – that's so, so true. You can so relate to those people. Everybody knows the guy or, or the, you know, like Shorzy, who's the chirper you never see. So they sort of use him like uh, the Wilson, the neighbor, where they never show his face, but he's always yeah. chirping guys' moms. I mean, there's all that reminds me of Sean Avery so much, man. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> never stop chirping. You just want to throttle them, you know? But uh, I think that the, the chirps and the, the comedy when you're, because when you're into, into comedy and to see how quick-witted and funny it is, like the baseball toss-around scene where Crazy Dan tells, you know, a little bit too much about uh, his yep. game the night before. When, yep. But just the intricacies of throwing the ball around, and you notice with your buddy that you throw it, and after somebody tells you something that's gross, you don't catch the ball, and then you don't play catch with him anymore. You got two <laughs> men out. It's just the intricacies so remind me of growing up in uh, in, in, in Leamington, then Peterborough, then Belleville. So uh, I think uh, I think it's great. I, I, I say – it's like the hockey version of uh, Trailer Park Boys. It's just yeah. another. Uh, it's just another great way. Yeah, that's uh, that's a actually an excellent description of it because that's exactly what it is, and it's uh, and a lot of I've talked to a lot of Canadian people that say, yeah, that's pretty much how small town Canada is. But it's, no, it's brilliantly done because all the, like the small town, there's those people in it, and so you know that they creatively some of the guys are more than one but you you the way the lingo the talk and then when you get into the writing i mean it's brilliant i'm just glad because they're all great guys you always root for good people and uh kiso and the boys they're uh, they're awesome people yeah it's a lot do you still uh do you still keep in contact with jim because he's over in edmonton now right jim playfair yeah yeah yeah. actually you know what it's funny because i had dylan on my podcast cry time with Darren mccarty and then I called, so I said, and then I talked to him. Yeah, I talked to him, and then uh, 
I didn't run into him when Edmonton was in town, but I talked to him probably, uh, you know, end of the summer. So it's 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 cool because you know then it goes around. Good people find good people, and he's back in Edmonton with Kenny Holland. So yeah, you know that doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, yeah, so it's I mean, Letter Kenny's been a big thing for me. Uh, it's just it's an amazing show. But I think we're gonna move on to like you you have a Grind Time podcast. Uh, what yeah. what really made you get into podcasting? Well, I mean, I've never met a microphone I didn't like, and and uh, <laughs> I always got something to say. And you know what? What grind time? It's funny because I got big, really big things coming up. In fact, uh, I'm recording till the end of the month. Then uh, I'm headed to Israel with the Russian Five for the play the movie over there, and then. Wow. Uh, we're going to relaunch uh, Grind Time with Darren McCarty on new new radio media in January with a whole new bells and whistles. And uh, what got me into it is just being able to have a voice of what I wanted to talk about. And the people that I and introduced, like I said, when I go on, you know, when I go on to other people's podcasts or go on the radio and on ESPN or what else, talk sports, hey, I'll talk sports and do whatever. But this really gets gives me the platform to introduce people into people I respect. I had Willie Horton on, uh, the great Tiger Great, who's just the man of the people. And then, you know, teammates like Chris Osgood and Chris Draper. And, you know, just to a different side um, and just really who I am as a person, all the um, tribulations. But, you know, the bottom line was just a place to go so people could go to find answers. You know, not argue, but, you know, what do you mean by that? And we'll answer it all day in many different ways. So the connection with the fans is always what I want. The powers of people, I'm like a battery. So this is just an av- another avenue for me to explore. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a platform that lets you talk about what, what you want to talk about uh, instead of being pigeonholed into what everyone else wants you to talk about. Right, and, and that's the beauty with along the lines of sort of, you know, when you realize my my path in life it hasn't been easy but it's been honest with uh i fall down and then i fight to get back up and i think the realism uh, realism of it um it's okay so i can express and show people that hey you can keep going and this you know you you can do this and you can do that and it doesn't matter where you came from you can always uh there's always a way out and there's always people out there to help so i uh, just you know if the if if that's through me, then then so be it. It's just another way, uh, another avenue that people can uh, find, hopefully, what they're looking for. Yeah, and it's re- it's really cool for someone like you to be able to do that because you've got connections with people you can get on and tell their stories that that maybe some other. I mean, we're a, a small per podcast, and we don't have all the connections to get high level guests on that can talk about what they what they have done and, and what kind of experiences they have that maybe you might also be familiar with. So right. and, but here's the whole thing and this is what I and we all play a role in the fact that however it comes, I always you know, what I say is the destination's an oasis, right? You can set goals, but you're a human being, you always want more, you want more. So the biggest thing is when you look in the mirror and know who you are or who you want to be and you keep your intentions pure and strive towards it. Good things happen. It's just like, you know, I'm the firm believer. Yeah. You're, you have a smaller podcast as of right now, but you continue your love of it and you work hard. And then, you know, the, the right people hear it because you ask the right questions and you display the right uh, thing that people want to want to hear. And that's what it's about. I can tell that by your preparation. Yeah, it's, it's very heartening. You, you need to do a lot of motivational speaking. <laughs> Here's the thing, dude. I know, I know where there is. Nobody, there, I can't say nobody. There's a very, very small percentage, and I think less than one, that could have survived what I've survived. And, and then self-done self and to where I got as far as deep as I got. And to be able to come out of that, there's nothing that I can't do. I mean, I made it to the NHL when nobody told me I couldn't. So it's just the bottom of putting my mind to what I want to do. And right now it's to show people that they are they are better and stronger and more powerful and, and greater human, not only to find out how we're more alike, but also be 
be better human beings to themselves so they can be better human beings to each other. That's all I want. You be a better human being. That's it. The philosophy of Darren McCarty. That's what it is. And and the the thing is with Darren McCarty is that you never know. There could be a punch in the face to follow. That's the the wild card is that I could say, not many people could say Google me to find out if you, if you, you know, cross my vulnerable truth. (laughs) Life is great. It's not easy. But if you put the work in and keep your intentions pure, I believe that things work out not the way you want, but the way it's, the, the way that it's planned. I think for where, you're, for where you're at too, Darren, I think a lot of people can appreciate it because everything's out there. And I mean, for me growing up, I grew up watching yourself and the rest of the Red Wings playing hockey. And that's what I was able to relate to. And then everything else kind of fell in place. And all we know is what the media told us. But for what you're able to put out there, I mean, everything lives through social media. And I think it's helped tremendously with what you've gone through and been able to talk about to let people understand that, hey, shit sucks, but it does get better if you if you want to do it. And that's I think that's awesome. Well, yeah, and I appreciate it. And I, and I always say I'm a battery. You know, I realize I'm a battery and the people are the power. You know, that's what it is from the prayers that have gotten me through because I don't. You can do something to me, and I'll, like, wait and determine when I'm going to retaliate or if I'm going to take it or not, right? You do somebody to somebody I love, you see what happens. I put it on display March 26th, right? You know, and, and so it, it's not anything of the, – the only thing is I know who I am and where I want to be and who I want to be, and that's to help people and to set an example that I know that it might suck now. I've been there and you too can get out of it. You just got to, you know, surround yourself with the right people and, and you got to do the work. That's the bottom line. Nobody can do the work for you, bro. You got to do the work yourself. Yeah. Now, now, as well as being motiv- very motivational, um, I've noticed pretty recently that you're also really big in the cannabis community. So, so how has, uh, I guess, how has cannabis helped you as a player and how big is that? Uh, how big is that? I guess in, should it be in professional sports for recovery and pain management? Oh, absolutely, 100%. And come June next year, Canopy Canada in a $40 million study with the NHLPA, you'll see me standing right beside Glenn Healy as they announce all this stuff because enough's enough. It's about health and wellness. Um, we are well-educated on what opioids, the addiction, and, and you know, ball bullshit aside, right? There's something here that we're further educated on that we know that we can have our bodies help ourselves. Now, for me, I came about it um, while I was still playing, but I grew up either a stoner or you were a jock. So it was, right? Not Mm -hmm. not until I almost died, and it was through this plant that brought me back to life and was able to to, um, dig deep into myself and not only heal myself because... Guys, it's about sleep. It's about pain management, appetite, right? It ain't about getting high and stoned. It's about understanding your body. And and for some of us, you know, that's why I wholeheartedly believe in CBD because your body, it's for your body and the THC for your mind. Now, a lot of us need a lot of different things, but it's our journey that gets us there. I believe that it should be in every sport. It's not an enhancer. What it enhances is the true you. You fight, you're unable to find out who you really are because it strips down and, and, and helps you in different ways. And, and um, without the plan, I wouldn't be here. I tell everybody, hey, you saw how I protected that wing wheel on the crest? Well, I'm retired. That wing wheel's off and the cannabis plant's right there. So my attitude's <laughs> the same way. And, and that's why the Darren McCarty brand is, it, I brand with a company called Pink Canna, which is a $200 million uh, one of the biggest facilities here because Michigan is uh, turning legal, but also it's the biggest medical and legalized seed to sale processing facility where I get to make my own product from the biofree CBD THC rubs to the CBD gummies to the strains to the chocolates to everything. Have you come up with any crazy names? Well, not crazy. You know, there's probably, probably the one that everybody will, or will be able to share will have something to do with four cups. 
And then okay. the one that the one that's gonna put you in the couch and knock you out will be sweet revenge. <laughs> so that'll be uh, that'll be an ode to March 26th. I've always wanted that one. I can guarantee that'll be a 30 plus uh, heavy purple gassy monster. So um, you know, it's just one of these things that through education, through the people around, and, and going on the journey myself. I, I, one thing is, is don't tell me what you're using. Tell me who you're using, because that's what's important. And, you know, it's okay to, to get educated and ask questions, because I'm all about what do you mean by that. I'm not here to argue. I, I know this has changed my life. And, it's, and the reason that the biggest thing is now people, the truth has come out. When we grew up, when I grew up, it was, you were told that it was, you know, reefer madness and this is the way it is and it was bad. Well, no, that's not the way it is. That's what the, that's what the opioids are and that's what different things are. And I'm coming from uh, opioid from alcoholism. And, you know, I, I'm 11-11, November 11th is my four-year anniversary of sobriety. And, uh, you know, that's, and that's through years and years and years. That's four rehabs, a million dollars the league spent on me trying to get me right. Now, the thing is I learned. Because I learned all the lessons into it, but the one thing is I live by the principles of AA, except my my program's got a garden. That's, That's awesome. All. Well, congratulations on that. That's really cool. And happy it early anniversary. It's powerful, bro. Thank you. It, you know, it's just powerful because when you, and it's not right or wrong, but when you look in that mirror and you can have a conversation, either you're not where you want to be or you are where you want to be or what do you need to do, it's that honesty of who you are. And I know who I am. That's why, you know, before when you're in addiction and in substance abuse, you can, you know, you don't know who you are because you're hiding from everybody. I don't have to hide from anybody now. Everything, you know everything about me. And if, uh, I mean, there's really nothing else to really tell you. You know, because I, I live my life an open book and always have, and that's the blessing today. And now, that's the blessing that I had. Yeah. So the NHL doesn't, uh, if I remember correctly, doesn't actually regulate against marijuana, but a lot of the other major leagues do. Have you ever thought about talking to the other major leagues boards or, or executives about how it actually helps and, and that maybe they should start allowing it? How about we just set the precedence with the, with, we figured out with the NHL PA and Glenn Healy figured out that health and wellness that we just need to set the precedence and let everybody else follow. There's already been too example. much talk. There's already, that's what hockey players do. We're going to tell you once and show you twice. So, you know what? There's no there's no reason to talk anymore because the like you you you, you got to be you're stupid if you want to argue about there's no benefit and to to help with guys sleep or anxiety or depression who gives a shit. If you want to talk about health and wellness or whatever, then we all know that it's a, it's an absolutely better option than a lot of things. But I'm not here to, no, I'm not here to argue petition. You know, we're just going to get the, the study and set the precedence and stand there and do it like hockey players do it and, and take care. Hey, leagues don't take care of our own, so we're going to take care of our own. Lead by example. That's it, man. That's what you always got to do, dude. I mean, the one thing is, is that I was always first, not because I loved it, but but my fear of any of my guys going in first was greater than fear of any bodily harm I would ever suffer. So uh, that's actually something we're going to go into a little bit. Now, you were, I mean, arguably one of the most toughest lines in hockey. Um, but what do you really think that the grind line meant to the city of Detroit uh, during during your guys' time together? Oh, well, we, you know, we, we took precedence. It was hard. We worked hard. We didn't take a shift off. And the fact that um, when we needed to, we could step up and, you know, score, each one of us score an impactful big goal. But we took pride in even shutting down the other teams and playing them hard. And um, that was that was what we liked. We had the guns. As long as the guns could play, and we were shutting down, you know, like shutting down Lindros and the Legion of Doom in the finals, man. That's that's that was unbelievable, especially when, you know, when we weren't even supposed to, when we were supposed to get swept out of the building. But 
you know, uh, the one thing that made us so good, we were really tight as friends, but we knew each other's game. We were all, if you look at any one of us, any of the four of us, uh, Joey, our hockey IQs, it was really good. So we knew, and and with me, Drapes, and Malt, um, we just knew where the other guy would be. And I knew you don't have to sit, think, or wait, or, hey, is he going to be there? No. I'm going here, so I know he's going to be there. And then when you do that and you have that trust and you do it at the highest level, then you have some success. So, um, yeah, I mean, how, like, think about it. I mean, you, you know the Russian vibe, you know the production line, you know the grind line. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah, it kind of gives you uh, the city kind of something to rally around, too. Well, it, it, that, and that's what it was. We were, the, we were the guys on the line. You know, we were the guys that... It didn't matter what Stevie and Shani and Sergey and Igor, what the goal scorers were doing. The grind line was bringing the heat every night. You know, I would try to be running somebody over or fighting somebody, protecting those guys, and those should be killing penalties, blocking shots, making, you know, breaking sticks over guys, making it exciting, <laughs> you know? Bleed all over them. Let them know you're there. Jenny would be going offside all the time, you know, all that <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys give him shit for doing that all the time? Are or you what? kidding me? Absolutely. <laughs> Dude, you I know, you uh, pull that. a groin, pull a groin, most offside guy ever. You know what he used to say? Go, Mac, you got to give it to me. He said, Max, Max thought, he said, Max, just fast enough to get there in time. You know, like, it's not slow and he's not fast, but he's fast enough. But, yeah, he, uh, dude, he's the most offside guy. If they would have sabermetric that stat... This thing for 841 <laughs> times offside in one year. He That's leads the league in offside. <laughs> no, by like, by like 300. Just <laughs> trying to up those neutral zone stats. Uh, so I guess with that being said, what what do you miss most about playing hockey? Oh, the locker room. It's the guys. Oh, the guy, and it is, man. That's why I play alumni because I'll do anything for the kids and charity, but. It's to be around the guys and yuck it up. And, you know, when you go, it's just like anything else. You walk into the dressing room and you revert back. When we all get around, we revert back 20 years to what it was, you know, it's automatically 1997 again. And I better watch out because there's going to be a jab coming from somewhere in the back. <laughs> yeah. I can totally relate to that. I mean, not that I played in the NHL or anything, but I grew up playing hockey my whole life. And, and just I'm um, 24 now, and just trying to get back on the ice. It's just it's just the greatest thing in the world being around your friends and, and just the camaraderie in the locker room and all that stuff. The troops, bro. There's nothing, there's nothing like the There's church, nothing like you know? it. Yeah. And 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 or or when you shelf one on your on your buddy there, and you get to fucking <laughs> tell him about it, or you dangle, or you know that that's uh, it. It does. It never gets old. You know, that that correlates now. That's more on the golf course than anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> who's got the best uh, putting game? I was going to ask, who's oh. got the worst? Oh, the the worst? The best? Joey's the best. But it's Joey always wins. Joey, Joey, so Joey snaps his bicep, has to have surgery, goes yeah. out about a month later, plays one-handed, shoots 84 with his brace on. Yeah, I saw pictures of that. Good luck with that. Who's, so, who's the worst? The worst on the grind line? Uh, well, in general. Um, the see, they don't score. Like, I mean, like, like who's the worst in general? The, the, Euro, the Russians don't play. The Swedes are actually not bad. I think Fedorov is probably like a 14. He loves the game. <laughs> Best best guy I ever played golf with that played on the Red Wings, uh, Ray Whitney. Really? He's like a plus three. The, mag- yeah. the magician. Wow. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Absolutely. Well, have you ever thought about getting into uh, into coaching or management? Absolutely not. No, just not for why you. Would I, why would I want to spend that much time at the ring? Oh. <laughs> I, love, I, love, I love my role. We all everybody's got a role. I'm like the PR marketing. You know, get I was down at the game before the game tonight and stuff, and came home to do this interview because I like the you know. So I'm watching it as we're recording this um, in the background. But um, 
Yeah, I like I like being around, but not having to be around, and and it's not my game, right? I can help. I can go in the locker room and and be more influential, sitting there eating breakfast with the guys and cracking them up and telling stories, um, and just understand the cultures the way that it should be in there. Then, then this game. Yeah. It's not my game, bro. So I mean, like Stevie said to me last week when I was. When I was standing next to him watching the game, he goes, you couldn't play. And I go, yeah, I'm, what, not fast enough because he's all ragged. Right. He goes, no, no, you'd be suspended every week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I was like, so he actually complimented my skating. That's what oh, I Oh, that's good. No, that's I mean, that's, that's a DMAT. See, you're allowed to take compliments whenever any facility way that you see them. Doesn't yeah. matter if anybody else sees it that way, that's the way I saw it. You well, it wasn't, it wasn't a dig. It wasn't a dig, so it was a compliment. Well, you know and what? Steve Eiserman said there, so. there was a dig in. There's a dig in there somewhere. That's what I'm saying. Don't read. It just stopped right there, so you didn't have to worry about it. Absolutely, I ran away. <laughs> <laughs> when, hey, when the compliment the happens, you just leave the room. That's uh-huh. I got a I got a warthog shell on me. Like it's so hard. Like this, like the uh, thousand-year-old tortoise couldn't like. <laughs> Get through my shell that he's that he created for me, and I'm grateful for it. Well, I guess that leads into the next question too, which is, uh, what do you appreciate the most out of your current role with the Wings, doing the the promotional and the marketing stuff? People, like just getting to meet everyone. Dude, I I have a great relationship with Willie Horton, and to me, he's the the epitome of the man of the the people and what it you know love for the city of Detroit and. Um, you know, that, that the role is, uh, for me and what's important is that you guys understand what came before and the kids that come through understand because there's no more Gordy Howe around, there's no more Ted Lindsay around, but, but we are heavily influenced not by their hockey game, but by the men themselves. So it's culture. Mr. Illich is gone. It's, it's the, the man that he was. He was one of the greatest men that you'll ever meet just because of his passion for people. So it's more into carrying on the legacies of the, the people before you. And and the care. Yeah, and, and, it's, and, and it's because I know that we're all connected and we got um, stuff to share with me and I want to hear about it. So I'm the one, I'm the one that you can get to. Yeah, I'm I mean, you seem pretty open to anything. I am. No, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's the thing, dude, is that, uh, that if it makes sense, it does. And I'm the one that, you know, in, in the retirement is, uh, is available, is real, is, you know, doesn't have the, you know, the very important job. I got the important, <laughs> well, my, my job's important because it's with the people, but it's not important to wins and losses and, and how the X's and O's run. You've got the fun job. Yeah, you get to make us louder. Absolutely. <laughs> That's yeah, well, the idea. To let That's everyone know idea. how it kind of went down is uh, we were, me and Ryan were at the draft party, and uh, <laughs> Aaron's up on stage on the camera talking to people. We go up to get a picture, and I just go, hey, Darren, you want to come on the podcast? He goes, yep, here's my email. So that was pretty, like, you seem like you're, you're pretty good to do, like, just at a drop of a hat, just help I was jealous. Out. I was jealous, I must say. Well, here's but it's the drop of the hat is because I tell you guys, you, you know what? Here's the thing: human beings, everybody's different. But you gotta, you know, for the fact is that you want to build your podcast, it's only gonna go by how much work you put into it. So you gotta be able to reach out. Now you might do that ten times. Now, granted, there's only one me, and and I'm not saying that other people aren't like that. But it's all it has to do with timing. But you can't be deterred ever you know by somebody else because usually the timing's just wrong and you don't understand the whole situation yeah. so you always you know because you got something you guys are passionate about and it's something that you know even the way that you did it to look through it that that it's something that even with the questions it's bigger than that so you guys are exploring um your fandom and your, you know, relationship as far as the Grindline podcast, and that's to me what it's all about. It's, that's what the, that's what life's all about. It's about 
figure out how we're more alike than we are different. Yeah, and have fun doing it. Like we have a ton of fun doing the podcast. We we. Oh, I don't. And, oh, here's the thing. I'm up for anything except for I'm not up for anything. I don't have fun doing. <laughs> I don't do anything. I don't have fun. Right? Other than what my wife fucking makes me do. But that's <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all on that boat. Other than Tyler. Yeah, not it's me. Because why? Why waste your time? Right. I think that's it's the like best part about the podcast and social media, though. Because if it wasn't for. Tyler and Greg reaching out to me, I wouldn't be doing this and having this conversation. And we also wouldn't be bullshitting with random people in Australia and England just because of a, a random hockey podcast. It's amazing. I know, but that's, and that's how we grow. And then, and, and so as, you know, Red Wing Nation, as, as, you know, it's about the history, but it's about the connection to the people. And then to be there because of either, you know, you're too young or you don't remember, you know, or you remember one or two of the championships or whatever. Well, you know the culture and you all share it around the world. It's just bringing everybody together so we can share it again when these guys are ready. Yeah. It comes around, you know, it's, it'd be awesome to be at the, you know, the draft party or whatever and be talking about, hey, you know, like, oh, wow. You know, if they get this guy this year, man, you know, and you'll, <laughs> no, no, but we'll be sitting there. Right, I'll see you guys. I'll be sitting there going, and we'll know there's that piece away. And if they get that piece that they're looking for or whatever, it's just that's the way it works. I guess then we'll go into uh, we got some questions from some of our, our fans on Twitter uh, that are a little more Red Wings oriented. So I think we'll go into a few of those. Are we gonna go right into hot 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 topic? No, hot topic. We'll leave for the end. Oh, we're saving that. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, but I guess the first one is, is what's your most memorable moment that isn't winning a cup or the brawl with the avalanche? Good question. That's <laughs> wow. My first wow. Goal. By my first goal, I mean, off the top of my head, I remember it. It was, uh, against Bob Sens. It was a Joe Louis arena and it was, uh, Keith Primo kept, Schaumber kept it in, rest his soul. Keith Primo, two-on-one over to me, top of the right circle, low glove on Bob Ascenza. That was pretty thrilling as far as to score your first National Hockey League goal growing up in Leamington and, you know, all that jazz. So that was pretty cool. And I buried it. My grandfather had passed away that summer earlier, so I went and I buried it in his uh, grave site. So, yes, he got the puck. That's so good. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So that, 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 that's why. That's a good question. Yeah. Was the celebration as good as uh, the game winner against Philly? Uh, no, I didn't have that big of balls yet. <laughs> <laughs> no throwing off the glass. I figured, I figured double pirouette was apropos. <laughs> <laughs> that, was a, that was a good selly, dude. I was like Fortnite before Fortnite came out. <laughs> that's still it still gives me chills watching Fortnite. that me too bro it's the only time i ever beat anybody one-on-one <laughs> that was ri- that was ridiculous that goal and, and 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 you must be thrilled that that's on highlight reels of some of the best goals of all time too oh, bro, it sucks it sucks <laughs> that you got, it sucks to got ranked number two greatest playoff goal next to bob yours that sucks oh <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah. Bro, you know you know what else sucks? You know what else I'm second to? Fucking Scotty Bowman told me I was his second favorite right winger ever to play from next to Gila Fleur. I hope I wasn't bad. And then he ran away. <laughs> well, how, he, said, he gave you a drive-by on that? And then he ran away. And then I said, and then I said uh, yeah, because we were at Mr. Illich's Stanley Cup party. And, that, and then I said, no, I hope somebody else heard that. And I said, he's got as many cups as I do, so that's okay. <laughs> Anytime you can dig it, scatty, right? <laughs> right? Guy, that's fucking amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> no, it's like stupid amazing. I was going to ask you, too. I got that going for me, too, fellas. <laughs> I was going to ask you, you said Scotty ran away, but I, I thought it'd be mean to ask you, well, how he fast does Scotty run? He shuffles. <laughs> it, it, it's a shuffle, dude. It's, it's like, <laughs> You know, you just, you've seen the way he is. Just, yeah, but I mean. Done. When he's done, mid-sentence, you'd be like, yeah, and gone. Give you like the drive-by. Just, 
And he's probably got that that smirk the whole the smirk snarl the whole time. So the next one we got is uh, besides 95 and 09, do you believe there was another year you could have gotten a cup if one or two things went differently? You know what? In all honesty, uh, I mean, if, you know, there's a, you know, 99 losing the LA, losing the Cal. There's some times where the injuries were real tough, but you know, when you're, when you got to go through Colorado and, and then Dallas and stuff, yeah, yeah, I think we're disappointed if you say we weren't disappointed. But at the end of the day, I mean, it was tough sledding. So, you know, to be able to play in six. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I mean, yeah. The, the ones, you know, you lose to – you lose to what did we lose to Calgary early, LA early, you know, a couple of those years. But really, we were more hurt than people thought. Anaheim, than people knew about Anaheim. But uh, yeah, those years, some of those years, dude, we were a lot more banged up or just not right than even people thought. Yeah, I think that's even the case today a lot of times, too, because you'll after people are eliminated from I think they're a little more open now is that after they're eliminated from the playoffs, you see the laundry list of injuries, people mm-hmm. with bro- playing with broken ribs, playing with broken fingers and broken ankles and it, that you never would have known it because they're still out there putting in 100 percent. But now it's a little more open as what they were playing with. So uh, I let think me, let me tell you. You know how long it's, it's, it's and when you play with injury and you lose, it takes twice as long to heal. It's amazing. You yeah. play with injury and you win, and it seems like you recover faster. Whatever that means. Well, that's the emotional. That's the emotional connection to it. It's why well, I'm just from from experience from some of the some of the injuries to recover. Yeah. So whatever. So how your body mind, body, soul, physically, yeah. mentally, it all correlates together, you know, with their healing. And it goes back to the cannabis and it goes back to the health and wellness because, you know, how many times I'm from an era of, I, I've broken my nose seven times. I have seven, um, that concussions that have been documented, but how many do I have that I haven't, you know, like, yeah. you know, so, so all, Unless you're mentally healthy, you can't physically allow yourself to, to get healthy, too. So, I mean, there's a lot to it. And, I, you know, it's one thing that um, I think we know more about. But it's something that I think that we need to be educated on and then continue to talk about. I'll, I'll open it up front, right? Because these are games, you know, hockey's a game we love. And, and it, it sickens me how soft it's gotten, but I understand it. You know, the kids are bigger. They're better. They're, yep. you know, the skill level's there, but they're not. What they lose, what they gain in skill, sometimes they lose in, in hockey sense. Yeah, right? that makes sense. I think it kind of speaks to some of the hits you see now, too, where guys aren't paying attention because they think they're going to be no, safe going across the ice. No. But no, no, but, but that's. Dude, when a guy feels no fear going through the middle of the ice with his head down, huh. to me that's a problem. Mm-hmm. That's a, it's the same thing in football, but it's the same thing in every sport. It's gotten softer. And, well, that's kind of like what the Red Wings lost recently with Cronwall, because Cronwall would still give you one if you went through ice with your head down. Yeah, but at the end of it, he would get penalized. So... <laughs> You know, yeah. like that's that's the whole thing. Think about it. You know, after the Cronwall friggin' uh Dvorak or uh in Chicago and then you got a couple more guys, but then you know, you'd see him getting penalized a few more times and mm-hmm. you know, that's going that's going away. That's or you'd see him get suspended for no reason. In the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Now, <laughs> now now Darren, growing up uh I think you started hitting in Peewee's here uh, in Massachusetts, <laughs> where I live. Now, they've moved it to Bantam's here, which is, I believe, 12 or 13 years old. Now, they're talking about moving it to Midget. Like, does, isn't that frightening that a kid's not going to learn how to take a hit or give a hit 
until he's about 14 years old. They're doing the same thing in football. It's ridiculous. It's, it's a re- no, you know what it is? It's because it's not about learning how to hit. It's learning how to take a hit. When you're small and stuff like that, when, we, when I grew up, we grew up hitting. I learned how to hit because I couldn't stop, so I found running into football <laughs> was a lot easier. No shit. But the little guys learned where to be safe, where not to go. You learn that. And you grew up, we grew up in, in Michigan here. It's freaking ridiculous. They don't hit till Bantam and stuff. That's where puberty is. And you got a kid that's my size against a kid that is like the, the size of a flea. So it's, it's ridiculous. So it's, it's, uh, uh, they want them to go hit, but they haven't even learned how to take a hit. So let alone is there no respect, uh, learned between players, big guy and a little guy. There's no, the big guy doesn't know how to properly check. The little guy doesn't know how to properly take a hit or either way. It's just, it makes it far more dangerous. Travesty. Absolutely. Yeah, so it's, that's where football's going. Absolutely. Football's doing the same thing where you guys see these crossing routes. Back in the day, these guys were had their heads up knowing they're about to get smashed when they caught a football. Today, they're going up laying out for a ball while the guy's not even trying to make a play. He's just trying to make a <laughs> defensive play, they call it, taking a dude out, and then he wonders why he's getting booted from a game because he just hit him square in the dome. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, I never played football, so that's a – I played rugby, so whoa, black oh, football. <laughs> oh shit! They're, so they're making what they're doing in in sense is try. They're making it less safe by trying to make it more safe, yeah. which doesn't oh, make sense. It's, it's, it's the most ridiculous thing, you know. And hey, you know when I'll have, you'll know when I win the Mega Millions. You know why? <laughs> Because they're going to have a new hockey league called 90s Rules. There's going to be eight teams, <laughs> and it's going to be called 90s Rules. Darren will invent the XFL of hockey. XHL. There we go. 90s Rules. I'll tell you, that would be an awesome video game. <laughs> um, so, so the next question that we got is kind of one that, that comes on to a little bit of the, the newer end here is, what impact do guys like Cronwall, Draper, Zetterberg, and even Iserman have on current players, uh, especially those in Grand Rapids? Well, I think that, you know, uh, first off, initially, uh, Cronwall has a huge impact because he's working with most Sider. And, and one of the things I think that Stevie made it apparent to Nick that if he was going to retire, what position did he want or how did he want to be? effective in the organization because if you look in the organization why is it gonna work because i played with most of these guys that are making the calls now you know even in the mind you know from the yuri fishers to the drapes drapes has the most responsibility on anybody being the director of ample scouting he's yep. got he's got to do his due diligence in the next two three years and and this is what he's been not only bred for the four cups and to be in that pain in the ass grind line centerman, he's bred to find the next guys. And this is because he loves it. These guys all love what they're doing. You know, when I go into the press box and I see Dan Cleary teaching Nick Cronwell how to upload videos and stuff, man. <laughs> I mean, I, I got a warm and fuzzy feeling, but it's also too, what the fuck? <laughs> I, can, I can just see Dan Clear like, no, Nick, drag and drop. You drag it from here and you drop it over there. And then, and then, so, and, and then uh, Sean Horkoff, who didn't, wasn't part of our organization, but captain of the Edmonton Oilers and being in the uh, Michigan State's party, and uh, what a you know we skated with him all summer, so he's sort of surrogate part of the of knowing and 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 being a part of all of us. But just you got hockey guys talking hockey, and, yeah. And 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 the bottom line is, do you trust the guys that are out there making the decisions? Well, I do. You know, I don't say I, I trust the guys that are making the hockey decisions right now. Yeah, on the ice, it's. It, you know, it's it's tough to watch, and it's gonna it's better to be like this, I believe, now than later. You're gonna see a lot of younger guys get opportunities. You're gonna see a lot of guys get thrown in the mix earlier to see what you have, either for your team or for uh, possible trade bait, or you know, like it's it's a good time. And the one thing when I walk around the arena, what I love 
is that I ask people and they say, oh, well, they're exciting because they're exciting to watch. They're exciting to watch. They're frustrating to watch, but they're exciting. And, and you know what? I'm willing to allow them to, to dictate and find their way, whichever else is where they're going this year. Because the difference is it's not in the wins and losses. It's the culture. Nope. You see how do they stick together mm-hmm. through yep. this tough time. You know, I mean, I think uh, I think that's what we've been screaming from the top of our lungs since before this summer was that if you're going to watch this team this year for wins and losses, you're going to have a bad time. But if you're going to watch this team for development and how the guys play together and, and how they are moving forward and what's happening in the, the Griffins and the lower leagues, that you'll you'll understand it a lot better and you'll have a much you'll be much happier watching the Red Wings when this season, when you're watching for development and not expecting them to put on a spectacle and win by huge margins. Or, or sometimes win it all. And I think exactly. that's right. I was going to say that. I, but here's the thing, guys. And I think that you're the responsibility. And I, I implore you guys being the grind line podcast and being fans is to continue that conversation. And, and it's not, you're not saying, oh, okay, we're just going to belt it. No. Hold these guys accountable to yep. what you see or what you like or who works with who because it's the revamping of it's sort of coming on again and, and who who to look for. And, and because I'll tell you this, you know, the, 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 the one great thing is what you have and you'll see is, is you look at the development of Philip Heronic in the last year. Right, yeah. so, so so Nick Cronwall stepped aside, and there's a kid that's going to get his minutes. And it's going to be, because I'll tell you this, the, the, I'm, I'm about people, and this kid is, is one of the best kids that I know, hardworking, respectful, but one, one of them. He's a, he's a funny guy, but he's all in and invested. He's, he's sort of, he's quiet, but he's a guy that, you're going to need. He's got the ability to be a Rafalski-esque, um, you know, player that plays a lot of minutes, that that is very good at both ends of the ice. So, um, you know, there, there's so many good spots. It's just, it's, it's just important that you guys make sure that when you guys are talking about it, you know, you're talking real about it. Yeah, for you know, sure. You, like, that's all you can do is just, Talk real because it's gonna get worse. I don't know if it's gonna get worse. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I don't know. Watching this game right now, I don't know if it can get much worse. <laughs> what is this? What is the score? Because my phone just five to one. It's five to one okay. after two. <laughs> okay, because because my I just gotta give you if you heard beeps coming in because I'm I'm watching the foot I got the football game on actually because I flipped it <laughs> and and my buddies at the game and they're like, have you? Ever, have you seen an implosion like this lately? And I'm like, oh, it must be yeah, bad. Like four games ago. Like, <laughs> like last game? Like or four games? Yeah, like all the I other say take your pick at this by. point. Yeah, like we've, it's every but, but game. Do under, like goals. But do you understand? Like, like you, you guys understand because you broke it down the way that it should have been. But this is like, yep. you know what? Send five guys down and bring five guys up. Who cares? Right? Let's get guys reps. Let's get guys games. Let's give them a taste. The biggest... Because here's one of the huge factors coming forward. The fact that Giovanni Smith got a cup of coffee and got, a, got his feet wet is going to go it. a long way. It's going to go a long way because he's a he's an X-factor guy, okay? And he's an X-factor guy, and he continues to work because he's a straight lines, up and down, meat, potato, got an edge to him with a net front presence. But there's a, there's a place for him in this lineup that you'll need for yep. this team to be successful. Al, uh, sort of like me, but faster and, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's he's gonna be- you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you need that type of guy. He's your grinder role with a little bit, right. with an offensive upside. He's got some flair. Right. With, with some flair, um, big guy on, uh, and and a guy that's not afraid to stand up for his teammates. No, like not, yeah. not I, listen. Not a guy that's not afraid to go look for it. Yeah, like that, 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 that's that that's the difference. Like he, like he sort of likes it when there's a purpose, which sort of like I, I sort of always dug with him. 
It's, I mean, Bert kind of has that to him too, where he's, he's there to really get under someone's skin and, and pester people until they break. But, but Bert, right. The, the whole thing is what Bert has learned and what, where his value is on the ice and riding yeah. that fine line where mm-hmm. he doesn't have to take it over the edge. And that's where a guy like Smith will be able to clean it. When Bert, so what you're saying is Bert, Bert he's makes a more me mad. respected Marshawn. Okay. He's a respected Marshawn. We're, we're <laughs> like, no, no, but like his, his dirtiness is more like a drapes or a, like it's hard, right? Yeah. He'll play a hard where, where Marshawn's a cheap, dirty fuck. He's just going to hit you in the guts for no is. reason. No, but he'll kiss you, bite you. Like I would have killed that kid. Like, I, I would have. <laughs> No, I would have like literally like like I mean you can't be licking guys and shit. No, yeah. What would you have done if he licked you, D Mac? <laughs> I wouldn't have my wife would have fucking beat the living shit out of me. <laughs> and she's tougher than I am. She would have fucking beat the fucking brakes up. <laughs> well, I think we're gonna go on to our, our, our next question, which kinda leads into that and we were I think you're talking about it a little bit is, is what do you think needs to happen for the Red Wings to be contenders again? And I think you kind of started that with, you need some role guys like Giovanni Smith. Uh, you, you need, well, what, what you need is, uh, maybe some play a 60 minute hockey game, which you can't do now. You got to be able to shut the third, but you know, what you need to do is you need, you know, I, I think that, you're gonna have to solidify when you have when you get that number one D guy, when you yep. get that you know you you you're still a, I believe I believe J- that Howie could do it, but I don't think he'll be around to do it. But you need that Bobrovsky. You get a guy like you know you get that next level that edge, um, guy that either coming up or gonna be the next greatest. Um, there's a couple moves that need to be made, but the and again, what what brings it? Balance. Yeah. Balance. Um, that there's there's nothing different. What made our team so successful, even though the game was a little different, we had balance up and down the four lines. You know that mm-hmm. every line could contribute, and there was no passengers. What's the problem with the team right now? There's no secondary scoring. Yeah, exactly. Well, everyone's a passenger, pretty much. Your secondary scoring is your fourth line. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Who's, who else scores, you know, exactly. other than the top line? I mean, when you're relying on Helm to lead, partly leading the way with four goals, that's not a good sign for where the roster's at. Not trying to speak any ill will against Helm, but that's just where you, you, he's not the one you're expecting to be putting pucks in the net with what else they have. Do you think, from what you've seen of Mo Sider, that he could develop into a one D? Absolutely. I think what you, the, the thing that intrigued me the most, second thing out of Steve Eisenman's mouth when he drafted him was his hockey sense. Yeah. All right. The guy don't throw that around to nobody. All right. I know my hockey sense is way up there, and he would never compliment me on my hockey. Sense. So, <laughs> so he thinks highly of the kid. But what I like to hear is he's got composure and and that first pass. And, you know, and, and he, he wants it. So all yeah. you want to hear is he wants to get better. And, and you know, he's going to be tutored and, and he's going to get the Obi-Wan Skywalker treatment from Nick Cronwall and other than Nick Lindstrom, who else do you want it from? Exactly. And, you know, that's pretty much Nick. And Big Nick probably, he doesn't even know the ultimate, ultimate secret of his greatness. So, <laughs> so, so I think, uh, and, and we kind of alluded this a little earlier, the, the question that I think we're going to let you answer, because you said you've changed your mind a little bit on it, and, and it's a hot-button question, which is, um, do you think Sergey should have his number retired? Well, I think that if any... At any point, the conversation, but because of uh, it, it, because it's bigger than his number, it's bigger than just him. I think because of like if you see like as the Russian Five movie, 
because it's not just a movie about hockey. Hockey is a subject. It's about people and life and the communist wall falling and and the world and stuff. So I think it's a representation of of what he meant to come here to also help and what he did. I think that as a historical piece as time goes by that that there is an argument there to be made for him that I that I could see why it would be up there. Before I always thought that it was for the you know, that Nick would be the last one until until whatever, but um, if they decided to do it, there would be more reasons than just the stats and stuff like that. So, so you think there'd be uh, more support for it now than maybe a few years ago? Yes. I can see why there's more would be more support now than a few years ago. But again, you, you know what? Way above my pay grade, so I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we're all in agreement, though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree, too. Well, and, and, and you know what, before, I, before, and it wasn't like I was staunch about it, but, like, I, the one thing that I always said is, like, we're not Toronto, you know? Yeah. Toronto puts up 8,000 million jerseys, you know? <laughs> but that's, it's, you know, there hasn't been jerseys up for whatever, as long as we're not just throwing them up there. Yeah. But, 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 you know, you can't, also, too, is that we did win, Four cups, and we did have some guys that were some of the greatest players of all time. So I think sometimes the more you get away from something, you know, Lou Whitaker, second baseman for the Tigers, '84 World Series, just has a chance to get in the Hall of Fame this year. Yeah, right? we so, I mean, you'll be right. Which, so what I'm saying is that sometimes as time plays out, it makes more sense. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 100%. 100%. Now, do you do you think with Stevie back that at some point there may be a spot for him in the organization? Oh, that's uh, I yeah, I, I absolutely. You know, as far as those two have great respect for each other. Yeah, you know, and they had, and there's not like people say, well, why don't they don't really they they get along. They they're two different people. Like they. They operate on two different ends, but they communicate and sit next to each other and talk. And and I think that definitely if it made sense in some formula, that conversation would be had. And, yeah. and that, would, that would be cool. Should yeah. be more of us married. Yeah, you get the boys back together. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so I think the way we're going to uh, close out tonight, do you got any big events coming up? What's next on your schedule? Anything cool? Let's see, I will be, oh, this Saturday, we have an alumni game in St. Clair Shores against the Stalls and the uh, Wounded Warriors. Um, it's always a great game. And then I got a comedy show in Remus, Michigan, which is, you're going to ask me where that is, and I'll tell you, it's up there where the Amish hang out. Okay. <laughs> that, yeah, so uh, got that stuff. Uh, a lot of big things with, uh, you can always check out, uh, you know, Grind Time with Darren McCarty and uh, DarrenMcCarty.com. But uh, big things coming at the beginning of the year with some announcements and stuff. So you guys will have to check back in with me in January. But, um, yeah, I, uh, I really enjoyed uh, really enjoyed our conversation, guys. And, and these are the things that, that I think that throughout the, like the season every few months or whatever just an update to see where it's at because as you're seeing let's see how some of these guys are progressing see who comes up I'm hearing a lot of good things about you know Rasmussen down and GR yeah and there, there's a lot of guys that you're going to see that if there's going to be back and forth this year is going to be sort of it'll be interesting to see how many different guys get in the uniform this year because I think that that's the beauty of it is guys will be given a chance and an opportunity to, to get a taste of what it's like to play in the show. And for some guys, that's all they need is that taste. Cause I'll tell you, bro, you go on a road trip in the show and you get that per diem. Oh, <laughs> well, Darren, we want to thank you for coming on the show. It's been awesome talking to you. 
Um, I'm sure we'll we'll try and get you back on in the future. Like you said, after after things have gone down and we make some moves, and we'll see what happens going into to next well, season, especially too. Well, get the, the DMAC report card. Right. Well, I think I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to have you guys um, on grind time. Yeah, that'd be oh, awesome. That'd be yeah. awesome. Yeah. Right. And when I get the um, when I get this thing going in January, but I'll have it facilitated. Where I need, I need, I'm putting, you know, different callings together. Different, you know, how they do it on ESPN or whatever. Yeah. While they're reporting from here, you know, I want some of the fans and some of the guys that have different things. So I want to set up so we can have some of this sort of conversation of what you guys are seeing and what you guys are thinking and and. Because it's great to hear it from me, but it gets yeah. fucking old, dude. I mean, I can only <laughs> tell you I got fucking four cops so many times, so shut the fuck up. But you know, <laughs> but I want to. It's important because it's culture, right? Where we got absolutely, and and it's like, do we see something? And and honestly, you guys might see something or bring something up that I you never know would bring up the fucking powers that be that you might see come to fruition because it makes sense because why? We're all in this together and it's not about, that's the whole thing you got no ego when you're working with uh, with everybody around us. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So if I see something and I don't bring it up to Stevie or to Drake or down the pipe, whatever, and I know it then that's my bad. Yeah. So the same thing. Does that make sense? So it's just, and that's how, and that's how. Think about it. If we train everybody or have these conversations with everybody that are wings fans, then we're creating a way of thinking, right? We yeah. train yeah. ourselves because, and then it's no bullshit. Yeah, we suck. Yeah, what the fuck? Guy can't <laughs> play defense. Guy can't serve. Right, but we call it the way it is. Yeah, and, we, and then we move forward from it. And we don't go through the last five years of fucking circling the harbor, right? Yeah. We get out there because why? We trust the guy who's at the ship taking us to wherever the fuck he's taking us. Yeah. You change but the what? atmosphere and the attitude and you take the negativity out of it and focus on the development. You want to know why St. Louis won last year? I'll tell you exactly why. Steve Ott, who's assistant coach there, when yep. they came in, him and Barubi came in in January. They came in and they said that dressing room was a bunch of fucking baby prima donna suck ass whining fucking I should be playing here, I should be playing here, uh, I got more than this, I mean you know what? And and Chief went in there and Otter went in there and they just said, You bunch of fucking prima donna pussies, no wonder you never won shit. And for whatever reason, changed the Change the culture. Change the cup where they started playing for each other. And if you didn't see that play for each other, you know what I knew that it was fucking where it was when when the game after San Jose won with that glove pass in overtime, right? That should have been called back or whatever. Mm -hmm. St. Louis didn't bitch and they came out and they laid the fucking wood to him the next night. And I went, there's a team. There's a team that faced every adversity and just kept believing in each other and fighting and fighting for the guy next to him. And it was like it was and to go back to you look at talking about injury report, I've been to more about the game of hockey in the state, but that fucking Stanley Cup finals was the greatest finals that I've seen oh, in a yeah. long time. Because it was old school. They beat each other up, and you know what? Zidane Chara got himself. Yep. He fucking broke and he's the only guy. He's the fucking strongest fucking human. He's not even human. He's fucking, <laughs> he like, he, and he got himself. That is how close shit could be. But you see that they, but they beat him. But they believe they changed the culture, and they, and that's how quick it can change. And that's why you look in sports. Washington Nationals just did it too. Yeah. Right. It doesn't matter anymore. The games are so different that you just gotta fucking stay close. But you gotta build, and you gotta have the culture right. Kind of goes, kind of goes back to where we started the conversation. Where you believe in yourself and you can do, to do something. Absolutely, bro. Yeah. You willing to do? <laughs> You're done. Well, I think that's where we're going to sign off tonight. Um, again, Darren, thank you very much. 
uh, for coming on. Like I said, we we would be absolutely honored to come on your podcast uh, when you get that all set up. Um, it'd be really cool to talk from a fan's perspective. Um, yeah. And, and, uh, and gentlemen and fellow podcasters, please. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, from fans and fans slash fellow podcasters. Slash, slash media, are, media members. Exactly. Hey, do you want to walk a tight line with that one? <laughs> yeah, um, I, I like being able to bitch and moan too much, so I don't know if that's a good good hey, path to go yeah. for me. No, no, that's what you say you're a podcaster. That's the new, like, hip thing. You know, you're not media. <laughs> yeah. That's how you get away with it? Mm-hmm. Huh. Cast. I'm, I'm a caster. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah that yeah. means you swear. That means you swear on the air, so that gives you cred. We're a, dig- <laughs> we're a digital digital platform artists, is what we are. Oh, wow, dude, careful! You could get arrested for that because they might expect a happy ending after that one. <laughs> <laughs> Greg had to take a fancy shit. Digital yeah. platform artist. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> well. So you can find us online at uh, Grindline Pod. You can find us on uh, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, all the major podcast networks. Uh, you guys need to go to DarrenMcCarty.com and go listen to the Grind Time podcast. Darren gets a bunch of cool guests on, um, and you really don't know what's going to happen on the next episode. But for Ryan and Tyler. It's crying, Ryan, to you. Yeah, for mm-hmm. crying Ryan and I like Tyler it. Uh, and uh, Darren McCarty, uh, you stay classy hockey town.